0: May let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank God for this first Sunday in February. Thank God as we embark definitely in already in the month of celebrating of Black history. Uh, thank God for His grace and His mercy continually to be with us. Uh, we will break bread together and celebrating communion as our traditional first Sunday. And so you'd be welcome to join us uh, live or if you have your liturgy, thank you to our ministry leaders passing it out last week. You can do it privately, collectively with your family. And we are continuing this series dealing with our Eucharist and communion and breaking bread uh, with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, walking with him, communing with him, staying with him in our desire to walk in according to his will and definitely as we're kicking off this new year of 2021, reflecting us walking in communion and fellowship with our God. Uh, so with that, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to receive a word from our Lord and Savior today. Uh, we will be in our Bible in the New Testament, Luke the 24 chapter, and you can turn there and join me in prayer. Also, as we uh, join in prayer, as uh, ask you to pray with us, pray for us, as we continue to build the kingdom of our God in the midst of these times, that we continue to bring glory and honor uh, to him and serve him. Let us pray. Mighty God, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love towards us. We thank you, God, that you have shown us your faithfulness. You've shown us, Lord, how great is your love. Father, we thank you in the midst of adverse situations and circumstances that we have been faced to go through, uh, that we have been challenged, uh, but yet by your power, your grace, your mercy, we are more than conquerors. Father, we ask you to bless those who are mourning and grieving uh, for lost ones. We ask you to comfort them, and may they see you are walking with them and staying with them. Help us, Almighty God, as your church to comfort our brothers and sisters in Christ and be with them and encourage them right now, O oh God. We pray for healing. We pray for restoration. and We pray for those who are waiting on doctors' results. And, God, we just pray uh, for you to move and comfort them and give them peace. Now, God, as we continue to worship you in the reading and the preaching and the teaching of your word today, uh, we are desperate for you to speak to us. Uh, enlighten us uh, through your word. Teach us and grow us as only you can that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. This is so much more, Lord, we ask and pray, amen. Amen, again, good morning. Thank you, welcome to Zion Baptist Church. Uh, I encourage you to uh, share this Facebook post, and like and subscribe on YouTube encourage one another, maybe chat and communicate to one another. Uh, And you also can download our app to stay connected with Zion. Also, you can give online uh, through Zion's uh, website and app as well to give your offering during this time that we are still worshiping remote but making progress that we might be able to uh, soon be able to gather again as we continue to uh, be diligent following our COVID-19 protocols. Uh, So if you open up your Bible with me, uh, Luke the 24th chapter, we're going to look again, uh, Jesus walking uh, with two disciples to the road, uh, Emmaus. And uh, when we look at our text today, I want to highlight today that we're going to pick up uh, when he first shows up to them and he's still a stranger. They do not know um, who he is, but yet he asks them what things And so I want to talk about today about what do you know about Jesus and what we know about him. The more we know about him, we can walk with him and talk with him. And so what what about Jesus do you know? So let's walk and talk. The things that we know about Jesus, uh, what we believe about Jesus, uh, and we believe these things to be true, uh, should impact us and should encourage us to walk a life that reflects what we believe. Our faith is shaped by our belief in his word, his teachings and the divinity of Jesus. Jesus is Lord and King of Kings and he is the son of God who died on the cross for our sins. Us to grow in this knowledge and the teachings of Jesus, his divinity and his him being our Messiah helps us to discern competing views and objections to who Jesus is as our Lord and Savior. Belief in these doctrines then should result in a life of discipleship and obedience and seeing a fruit of transformation in your life. And this is the challenge that we must know this for our Having a personal relationship is good, but also collectively how we can encourage one another on these truths, building up the church, building up our community by sharing what we believe. Today in this text, we're going to look at Jesus and how our faith and our livelihood is impacted in the identity and the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so when we look at Luke 24, chapter verses 13 to 34, Jesus is on the road to Emmaus with two disciples. We discuss how Jesus was there to help them deal with their grief and with their loss. And now we'll unpack what they understand to have happened and who they know Jesus is. Still, what we know as the reader know that the stranger is Jesus. Let us Read this text again, starting at the verse 13 of the 24th chapter of Luke, New Living Translation reads, That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing? So intently as you walk along, they stop short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hopes he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. And then some women from our groups of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they said they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran to see. And sure enough, his body was gone. Just as the woman said. What things. Right. And so uh, he asked them what things have happened. What do you know about Jesus? And think about how it impacts what you believe. Uh, Jesus asked them, what were these things that has happened? And they tell them that Jesus Nazareth, who they believe to be a prophet, who did powerful miracles and was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. So what do they know? They know that the tomb is empty. They know that Jesus was crucified. They know him to be a prophet. They know him to be a teacher. But yet we find out here they don't know him to be alive. They receive the report, but yet they don't believe it. How do they don't? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, because when you look back early in the 24th chapter of Luke, verses 9 through 10, and then I'm going to read verse 11. Check it out. It says, so they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples, as Mary, Magdalene, and Martha, the women, right? Everyone else, what had happened? It was Mary, Magdalene, and Mary, and the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened happened verse 11 but the story sounded like nonsense to the men so they didn't believe it think about it they are in denial of what has happened and trying to make some sense that makes sense to them because what was told to them didn't make sense now, we don't need to be so harsh upon them because we can put ourselves in their shoes and probably understand that if I saw somebody brutally murdered on a cross and buried in a tomb, I too might find it hard to believe that that person is alive. So they understand that this is not a natural event, but something super uh, natural, some miraculous event has taken place but since they cannot grasp it and that's a hard thing in our lives right grasping the supernatural things that we have not seen before things that upset our understanding of what we believe how things ought to be and when god can can intervene and step in and change things around In our life, it will help expand us to see how great, how amazing, how magnificent our God really is. But in our times of pain, in our times of sorrow, in our times of hurt, it's hard to look towards some things and get... A part of encouragement when we're living in a state of denial because of the pain has caused us to be in this place, in this station, in this position in life. They knew that Jesus was a man, he was from Nazareth, they knew He had He was the son of a carpenter. They knew of His siblings, they knew of His teachings and the power of His teachings. They witnessed his miracles. They witnessed him come back and fight against the leaders who the ones who turned him over, who they suggest and point out that it was not the Pharisees, but it was the Roman government that that the Jews really gave him over. But the Roman government was the one who also did the sentencing, but they blamed the religious leaders that turned him over and turned their back onto Jesus, and so they confirmed that Jesus had power, had authority, had purpose, had meaning. They knew this about Jesus, and we find out they believed him to be the Messiah. But their understanding of the Messiah was limited for they were looking for a political leader. One that was going to transform the Roman government and give Israel liberty there, not understanding the supernatural liberty that Christ is given by freeing us from the shackles of sin, the pain of shame, the pain and the penalty of death, that we might know life and life more abundantly through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so they understood that Jesus was to set them free. They understood that he was a powerful teacher. Looking again at verse 20 of the 24th chapter, it says, But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. They're grappling with what happened to Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, he was handed over, uh, the one responsible. Uh, For this betrayal, again, are the leading priests and their religious leaders. They've been betrayed. They've been uh, hurt by this betrayal. They blame from these two disciples squarely on the chief priests and the other religious leaders, though it was done under full authority and power of the Roman Empire. Since the Roman government had the authority only to kill, that this this conviction, this political punishment to die on the cross by crucifixion, the disciples have not come to understand all that has transpired and has happened these past few days. Jesus told them this would happen before they even went to Jerusalem, but yet they're still in the pain and their hurt have not grasped this understanding. Luke 18:31-33 has what Jesus tells them. Jesus knew what was going to be done for his redemption, so he told them this. Luke 18, verses 31 to 33 says, taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the son of man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans and he will be mocked, treated shamefully and spit upon. They will flog him with the whip and kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again. They did not know what this means. Imagine the twelve receiving his direct message from God. Imagine Jesus saying this over to them again. Imagine Jesus breaking bread with them on the night of his betrayal. But verse 34 says, but they did not understand any of this. The significance of his words was hidden from them and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. Luke 18 verses 34. So what do we know about God is what also God reveals to us, what he has Expressed to us. And we are seeking to understand. God knows. Everything. God knows all things. And one thing we must know that there is a God and we are not him. And so God knows. But we must understand some things we just don't know. God knows all things should be comforting to us. So on the other hand, when we know that God knows everything, we sometimes feel entitled because of our relationship with God that we might want to know what's going on, too. And sometimes that might lead us and not believe the things he tells us because we're going on what we think in our wisdom and our knowledge. But God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. Our God can do exceedingly above beyond what we can ask or think or even imagine. Our God is great and awesome and mighty. So as great as your inventions, your thoughts, your ideas are, God's are always greater. And so in this time about what we know about him, let us not come to say, I know everything about Jesus, but let us learn that we must learn more about him by walking with him, communing with him, praying, meditating. What does that look like? It looks like daily me spending some time in my word and seeking God to speak to my heart, daily confessing and, and taking inventory in my life, realizing there's some areas in my life that are not right. And Lord, I need you to speak this truth and this power into my life. I need to understand what it means to truly have my heart exposed before you so that I can have my heart break with what breaks your heart and be sensitive to the things that you are sensitive to. This will impact me to be more compassionate, more loving, more forgiving, more caring. Imagine our community changing the more we are being changed and being transformed by God. We should be new creations. We should be new every day. We should be brand new, an opportunity for us to be more merciful, more gracious, more loving, because how much more we receive from our God. And so when we understand that we want to know Him and seek Him and be with Him, we must believe Him to be who He is. Verse 24, 21, when the disciples are saying, we had hope He was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. They believe Him to be the Messiah but they don't have the full understanding of who the Messiah is. Same thing in our lives, too. There might be some things we know, but do we have the full understanding? The good old hymns that we'll understand it better by and by. There's times in our lives that the more we walk with him, the more we talk with him, the more we stay with him, the better we'll understand these things by and by. So they believe him to be the Jesus of Nazareth, who is the Messiah, who is also a prophet, a teacher, and a powerful man of God, able to perform mighty miracles. But they did not fully understand that him being also fully man is also fully God, the son of God who came to die on the cross for the sin of the world and to rise from the grave three days later. They understood that Jesus being killed by the government seems to that the government has won. Uh, The Messiah has been defeated, but yet they're not understanding that Christ was not only going to die uh, to uh, to be defeated, but his death was going to bring forth victory. Because of his death, he defeated death because he rose again on this third day. But yet they don't believe he's alive. This all happened three days ago, they say they are grasping what happened three days ago but not grasping what jesus says that he would do in three days even from the message they received from the women who witnessed the angels and told them of the empty tomb and that jesus is alive the confirmation of peter and the other disciples that ran to that tomb and see it to be empty they're still wrestling and struggling what they know about jesus what do you know about jesus what things do you know about him? The disciples tell the stranger what things they know. And then we see the shift of how Jesus will teach us more about him. Again, they're talking to a stranger who we know as the readers to be Jesus. They are giving their perception, their perspective, their understanding. And they believe their understanding to be correct and be fully true. But what happens is that Jesus allows them to speak and allow them to hear and realize that they have part of the message. And here we're going to see how he's going to give them the fulfillment of the message. Verses 25 and 27. Then Jesus says to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe that all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering? His glory. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. See, the more we spend in his word, the more we get to know him. And so in order for them to better understand what has happened, Jesus points on back to the word. He points out that how the scriptures speak of him suffering, the scriptures speak of him taking on this part of death and resurrection uh, to come for their redemption. What we also need to know is that how we need to spend more time in his word so we come to know him better so that when times of adversity come into our lives, we can fall back on the promises and the truth and the power of God's word. Jesus spoke truth to them because he is the truth. Jesus being the living word points them to the word. And so how much more time in our lives that when we are facing hardships and detrimental situations that we can turn to the Messiah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and say "Word, speak into my life. And Jesus, the living word, the bread of life can minister us and help us to endure hardships and pain. In our life, because his word is life, is truth, it is power. So Jesus takes them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets. Jesus listened to what they did not understand and points them to what it means into the word. He explained them everything concerning him. One thing I want to point out that every time we read our Bible, do not forget. That the Bible tells us about God. Uh, God is the main uh, character. Yes, we get excited. We can celebrate many of the heroes within the Bible, but those heroes would never be heroes if it wasn't for God blessing them, empowering them, equipping them, positioning them to be in the position for their success and their victory. Let us not forget that we are dependent on our God. And the more we understand that, then the more we need to communicate with him, connect with him and be reminded what Christ says. I am the vine and you are the branches. And apart from me, you can not do anything. And so we must realize I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me means that I must be connected. I must be involved. I must have a relationship and be a disciple of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So therefore, I must know him as prophet. I must know him as teacher. I must know him as king. I must know him as Lord. I must know him as the son of God. And I must build on this wisdom and this understanding and seek after him, meditate on his word, pray daily and continuously to be in his presence. And we have victory. So think about how much of the word is coming into your life. So here it is. He says to them, the word tells you who I am. He's pointing out everything concerning him. And so what do we know about Jesus? We can find it in his word. We can turn to it in his word. And the beautiful thing, he says he is the word. He desires a relationship with us that we can communicate to him. We can talk to him. We can pray to him. And another point I want to highlight here is that he is with us. Even when we don't know what we're going through, even when we don't know what we're dealing with, we are not alone. He can work with us, speak to us and help us get to our destination. And here's the beautiful thing about how much our God loves us, that he does not berate us. He does not hurt us. He just teaches us. And helps us to be in the right direction and headed in the right direction to know who he is. That he is our loving, caring, benevolent God who desires for us to know him. So what do you want to know about him? You can find in your word. You can find from study. You can find from praying. And truly our God speaks. So we must listen so that we can walk with him and talk with him commune with him and learn more about who he is and may that be reflective in our response to this belief, to this truth, to what we believe. May we demonstrate by how we treat one another, how we parent, how we are in relationships, how we are co-workers, employers and employees, how we are citizens. May we reflect that we truly serve a king that is greater than this world. That is greater than all the things on this earth. That this soon will pass, but yet we are preparing right now uh, for the ushering of a new kingdom and a new heaven. And so may we sow our, our 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 lives to be true to the word of God now, so we'll be ready when He comes back. So let us search our hearts right now. Let us pray, Father. We are desperate to know more about you to show that in our daily actions and how we interact with one another, that we will show others that you are God, that you are King, you are Lord, uh, by our obedience to your will. Uh, Father, we thank you that you have not given up on us. uh, You have not forsaken us. And we thank you, Lord, that you are a forgiving God. So, Lord, forgive us for times that we didn't seek after you, we didn't. Trust you, we didn't truly come to show our total dependence on you. But thank you, Lord, that you continue to speak light, truth, and power towards us. That your love never fails. Your mercy is greater. you rather show your love and your mercy than your wrath. And we are grateful for that. So, Father, continue to speak to us and guide us. As we're desperate to be transformed and renewed uh, through your spirit, Lord, we pray. Amen. As it is uh, our first Sunday, uh, we prepare to uh, eat of this bread and drink of this cup. And so doing as you, you can grab your elements and prepare to take of this bread. And As you prepare, uh, let me take another prayer. Uh, Father, Lord, we thank you. For the opportunity of breaking bread together we thank you lord that we do this in remembrance of our lord and savior jesus christ and lord we do so until his coming back again bless these gifts we have prepared oh god bless us with your presence in jesus name lord we pray amen as we take up this bread this reminds us of the body that was broken and beaten and whipped and nailed to the cross for us. Uh, Jesus on the night of betrayal took up the bread, he blessed it. It's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he broke it and said, Eat. Let us eat together. Likewise he took up the cup and he said, This represents my blood, which is poured out for the remission of sins. As after he blessed it, he gave it to them and let us drink together. Likewise, the they gathered the elements afterwards and exited singing hymns and praise to one another. And we will exit our same way. I encourage you to maybe sing a hymn, enjoy fellowship with your brothers and sisters in your space, and encourage to Seek after him, walk with him, and continue to learn more about him. Thank you for joining Zion this morning. God bless you. Remember, Jesus loves you, and so do I. Until we meet again, God bless you, and may he keep you.